As we consider the storyline of the Bible, I would like us to note the hero's arrival as it is found in Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. We have already noted his arrival is in fulfillment of prophecy. These prophecies were a foretelling and a foretelling. They pictured, they figured, they typed, they shadowed the antitype or the hero's arrival. We have already noted the hero's person, and now I'd like us to consider the period of time in which the hero arrived. But notice with me Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. The text reads as follows. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, for this purpose, and it is a twofold purpose, in order that first he might redeem those who were under the law, and then secondly, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for this text of Scripture. We thank you for the storyline of the Bible. We thank you for your story. I pray as we consider the period in which the person of Christ came and the purpose of God was fulfilled, that we would understand that everything happens according to your timetable. And this story unfolds according to the author's intent. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate our hearts and minds in the study of this text. We ask this for the sake of your great name. Amen. John MacArthur correctly notes in his commentary on Galatians concerning this passage with these words, When the law had fully accomplished its purpose of showing man his utter sinfulness and inability to live up to God's perfect standard of righteousness, God ushered in a new era of redemption. End of quote. The eternal decree was effectively executed by the Son through his entrance into the world and his subsequent vicarious substitutionary crucifixion. Now, you'll have to remember the big picture as we are looking at the storyline of the Bible. We know that the subject of the story is the person and purpose of God. We know from the very beginning of the story, the villain appears, and yet, even with the villain's appearance, the hero is foretold. We see that both in Genesis 3.15, where the deliverer is described, and Genesis 3.21, where we have deliverance. And then the hero arrives. We see this in the gospel narratives, the hero's work. And then finally, we will note the hero's legacy and the story's epilogue. But from this text, we see three primary ideas. That there was indeed an appointed person, an appointed period, and an appointed purpose. And in this study, we will simply note that there was indeed an appointed period in which the person of God was sent. It is perhaps ordinary, but history is his story. His story is not simply what we read from Genesis through Revelation, but all history is his story. God moves all of history to fulfill his story. Each past, present, and future moments move the story forward. Our text tells us that there was a full time, a time that was right, a time that was set by the Father. The author of the story, the author of history, placed the various pieces in position in order that this moment, this time, would exist for the arrival of his hero. 
Various world powers and rulers, nations and governments, cultures and religions would all exist to form the perfect setting in which the gem of his person and his work would shine most. There was no delay or forced appearance. The hero came at the exact moment determined by the author of the story. His arrival was so perfect that all who were looking for him would find him. All that was foretold and imaged would find their perfect match in his arrival. He is the piece to the puzzle that cannot be forced. But the deliverer promised would not simply arrive. It is not his presence that creates the release. It will be his work. Therein lays the great fulfillment. It will be the person and work of the hero that brings the promise of deliverance from the rebel's shame, fear, and guilt. A key element within our study is the timing of the actual event in history. The immediate passage in Galatians 4 draws a parallel between the section of a date by the human father at which the child would become a son, so that the divine father chose a time when the hero would arrive. Galatians 4.4 speaks of a specific time when God would send his prepared son into the world to become her savior. The purpose of God is neither random nor reactionary. There is nothing arbitrary as to who God is or what he will do. The son was sent in execution of a flawless plan. There is neither doubt nor delay in all that the father planned. He will neither be denied nor defeated. For centuries, this time had been in preparation and various societal elements had contributed to it. In this study, I would like to simply note three elements. The first are the Jews themselves. The Jews, with their concept of monotheism and the Old Testament scriptures, with scores of prophecies regarding the Messiah, had prepared the way. There were various prophecies from the Old Testament that were fulfilled precisely by Jesus in his entrance into the world, his birthplace, his flight into Egypt, his being born of a virgin. All of these contribute to the perfect timing of his arrival. But a second element is that of the Greeks. The Greeks had provided a language and culture that was common to everyone in the immediate area. Alexander the Great had thoroughly established Greek culture and language throughout the known world, and these continued their dominating influence long after Rome succeeded Greece as world ruler. And the third element is that of the Romans. The Romans had given humanity a time of peace and a marvelous transportation system. The Romans were responsible for opening the world up to every community. The landscape was paved with Roman roads, and many of these roads are still traveled today. God does nothing prematurely, but foreseeing the end from the beginning waits till all is ripe for the execution of his purpose. Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown in their commentary makes the following comment concerning this idea, and I believe it is relevant to our study. They say, had Christ come directly after the fall, the enormity and deadly fruits of sin would not have been realized fully by man, so as to feel his desperate state and need of a Savior. Sin was fully developed. Man's inability to save himself by obedience to the law, whether that of Moses or that of conscience, was completely manifested. All the prophecies of various ages 
found their common center in this particular time and providence by various arrangements in the social and political as well as the moral world had fully prepared the way for the coming Redeemer. God often permits physical evil long before he teaches the remedy. The smallpox, for example, had for long committed its ravages before inoculation and then vaccination was discovered. It was essential to the honor of God's law to permit evil long before he revealed the full remedy. End of quote. Warren Wearsby makes the statement, Christ's birth at Bethlehem was not an accident, it was an appointment. And that is the idea this text is stressing that Jesus Christ was sent at a very specific point in history because history is truly his story. When the Father sent his only begotten Son as the seed of the woman, who would bruise the head of the serpent and in turn have his heel bruised, Isaiah 53 verses 10 and 11 tells us that it pleased him. When the Son of God, in obedience to his Father, saw the good pleasure of God in the outcome of his sacrifice, he joyfully endured the cross and embraced the shame, according to Hebrews 12.2. And all this was done according to the divine plan, to the divine story. Yet all this is but a half-truth if it is stated apart from the purpose of his coming. Again, we might celebrate the season religiously, but there is something lying beneath the surface calling out to us for it to be unveiled. Remember Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, verse 8, when Abraham was asked by his son Isaac, we have the wood, we have the fire, but where is the sacrifice? Abraham responded by saying that God himself would provide the lamb. In this shadow, God stayed the hand of Abraham and provided in type a substitute for his son Isaac. But we know that the shadow was cast by a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. We know that the type will find an antitype, and God the Father will not stay his hand. Nothing will keep him from crushing him. Tonight we note the person and period. But there is coming another study, and in that study we will note the purpose of God coming. Our next study will explore the magnitude of what God did in the sending of his Son, his only begotten Son. But from this simple study concerning the period of time in which the person was sent, we can note that God was in control of Jesus' birth to every extent. He determined when exactly Jesus would be born, which was the best time for the moment as well as the best time for prophetic fulfillment. This does allow us to make two observations. The first is this, God will be right on time when Jesus comes again. And secondly, God will be right on time in our lives. We often wonder why God doesn't answer our prayers sooner or grant the miracle we've been waiting for. But God does know best, and he is a God of purpose and perfect timing. But in addition, this is a holy time. It is a time when we should come together and celebrate the community of faith and that which all of us hold most dear. It is a time in which we should observe family and the giving of gifts and the joy of food and shelter. But it is also a time when we should acknowledge these things as mere shadows calling us to the greater reality. So as we think of the storyline of God, the story of God, of His story, 
I pray that we would realize that there was a specific person appointed. And that person came at a very specific period of time. And that person coming at that specific period of time comes with a very distinct purpose. And it is my prayer that we would come to understand the person and purpose of God. Let us pray. Our Father, even in the reading of this text and the reading of this passage and understanding the import of it, I pray that we would come to appreciate the person and purpose of God even more, that we would see Jesus Christ and his cross work in our behalf as the great centerpiece of your activity. We thank you, Father, for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.